Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. Thanks for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoy the Torah classes in it. Now, on to the episode. Okay, Bezat Hashem. Today, Mesechet Megillah, we're going to learn Yud Aleph Amud Bet, 11b. We're going to start at the two dots about a third of the way down the page. Yud Aleph Amud Bet. The art scrolls here, Ali, if you want to. I brought it already, yeah? Yeah, Vakasha. Now, today we're going to learn a very interesting sugya, and this is a sugya that focuses on two specific prophecies. Really, that's what we're going to get into over here. We know. After, really before, but in, in terms of Chorban Abayit, Chorban Abayit Rishon, so there was a prediction by the Nevi'im regarding the time that the Jews would spend in Galut, the first Galut of Bavel, which ultimately was Galut Bavel and Paras Madai. There was a prediction, they predicted. We know it as 70 years. But as we're going to see from this sugya, which is fascinating, it wasn't clear 70 years from what? So, I mean, you say 70 years, they're going to be in Galut, but 70 years from what? From which event? So, as we're going to see, there were three possible points in history that it could have been 70 years from. And there were two prophecies about which event it was referring to. And this created some confusion as to and we're going to see even the prophets weren't necessarily so clear. Daniel himself. There was a prophecy of Yermia and there's a prophecy of Daniel, as we'll see in the Psukim as we go through it. This is a fascinating discussion and really, I guess it underlies the power of, of the Nevi'im. They were predicting events in the future. Like, uh, like, I, like I, you know, pick up my coffee in the morning. I mean, this is like an unbelievable thing. So let's get started. Let's see. It's the two dots, um, about a third of the way down the page. Bayamimahem. Everybody see? Bayamimahem. See, Eli, you got it? No, no, you're on the wrong Amud over there. Yid Aleph Amud Bet. Yid Aleph Amud Bet. 11b. Two dots. Two dots. About a third of the way down the page. Okay, yeah. So the Pasuk in Megillatas there, it says that there's a contradiction. On one hand, it says, Achashverosh, the beginning of his Malchut, he celebrated which implies that it was the first year when he became the king. But on the other hand, we have a contradiction because it says it was the third year of his Malchut. So in order to answer this question, we're going to say that really what happened was he made the party on the third year of his Malchut and that's when he became settled. That's when he was comfortable knowing or assuming that the Jews were not going to be redeemed anymore because based on his own cheshbon, that was when the exile of the Jews was supposed to come to an end, and it did not come to an end, so therefore he figured they're no longer going to be redeemed. We're going to see what his mistake was, but that was his assumption. So when it says Kishevet, when he was settled, it doesn't mean when he started his Malchut, but it was rather the third year of his Malchut when he thought by that time if the Jews haven't been redeemed, they're no longer going to be redeemed. Another interesting thing, by the way, is that the Goyim, the non-Jewish kings who ruled over the Jews, also knew the prophecies. They knew the, what the Nevi'im, Yirmiya, Daniel, they knew what they had said. It's a very interesting thing. So the, the Pasuk says, The first Pasuk says, it was when the king was settled, which implies that the party was in the first year. 
but then it also says right after it says it was the third year of his reign when he made this party so which one was it was it the first year or the third year so Amarav Rav explains my keshevet what does it mean when he was settled it doesn't mean the first year but rather it means it means after he felt comfortable he felt settled now what do you mean he felt settled based on a calculation that he understood he thought that the Jews should have already returned to Eretz Yisrael, rebuilt the Beit HaMikdak, and they haven't. So the fact that they haven't, this made him feel comfortable now to make a party, and as we'll see, he used the kelim of the Beit HaMikdash. We know at the party, which was a tremendous zilzul, tremendous disgrace. But this was in the third year based on his calculation. So Amar HaShverosh said the following calculation. Now, we're going to go through this sugya, the different kings that ruled over the Jewish people during this whole era of the Babylonian exile, Paras Madai, but let's just read it at face value and I'll explain after. Achashverosh said the following, Belshazzar Belshazzar, who was the last of the Babylonian kings, he made a calculation and he made a mistake. I will calculate and I'm not going to make a mistake. Now I want to speak out what we're about to see before we see it inside, and I think it'll make the sugya a lot clearer. The Jews were taken into Galut. We know in general who destroyed the Beit HaMikdash and who brought the Jews into Galut. That was uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was the first king of Babel. Now, there were two other kings of Babel that followed him. The one after him was his son, which was Avil Merodech, and then the one after that was Belshazzar. Belshazzar, as we're going to see momentarily, made a calculation, because he also knew this nevuah. He knew that there was supposed to be 70 years. Actually, if you have the art scroll there, it has the chart at the bottom. It's a nice chart. Oh, yeah. So it has the three Babel, three kings of Babel, was Nebuchadnezzar, Evil Merodech, and then Belshazzar. Belshazzar made a calculation of 70 years. The Jews weren't redeemed, and he made a party with the Kelim of the Beit HaMikdash. That night, he was killed, because he was Mezalzel and Hashem in the Kelim, he was killed by the first of the kings of the Paras Madai empires. This is also important information. Paras Madai are two different countries, Persian and Mede, two different empires. They made a pact between each other. They made a shutfut, a partnership. And as we'll learn more about this later, they ruled as kings in tandem, together. We're going to learn more about this later. So that became known as the Paras Madai empire, Persian Mede empire. The first of those kings was Daryavish, the Hamadai, Hamadi, the, 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 per, the, the Mede Daryavish, he was Daryavish Harishon because there was a second one which was the son of Esther. We'll get to that soon. So you had Daryavish, which was the first king who killed Belshazzar and took the seat of power from Babylonia, from Bavel to Paras Madai. Then you had Koresh who followed him, Daryavish Koresh. Then you had Achashverosh. And finally you had his son, Achashverosh's son, whose name was also Daryavish. We call him Daryavish Hasheni, or Daryavish the Persian. The first one was Daryavish the Madai, the Mede. The, the second one was Daryavish the Persian. But this is an empire. This We look at it as one Malchut. Fine. Okay, good. Now, where were the Jews all of this time? So in the beginning, the Jews were under Babylonian control. When Belshazzar was killed and Daryavish took over, which signified the beginning of the Malchut of Paras Madai, so then they became under the power of Paras Madai which is what led to the Purim story, now that we're under their power and Haman has power in that Malchut, that led to the whole Purim story. So the Jews were shifted in exile, just want to point that out. We call it Galut Bavel, but actually there were two sections of this exile. Okay, good. 
Now, I'm just going to speak this out and then we'll see it inside. When Nebuchadnezzar destroyed the Beit HaMikdash, there were actually three crucial periods in regards to the destruction. Three periods, okay? The first year of Nebuchadnezzar's power, he conquered Assyria, he conquered Ashur. This has nothing to do with the Jewish people. That's the first year. Year one, we'll call it. Year one, he conquered Ashur. Year two, he conquered Yerushalayim. And its current king, whose name was Yehoiakim. There's a lot of names here. I'll just try to keep it very simple. So the second year of his power, when, when he was ruling as the king, Nebuchadnezzar, he conquered Yehoiakim. A chart would actually help a lot with this, but I don't think it gives you a chart that I should have a board. He conquered Yehoiakim, who was the king of Judah at the time. Okay. Eventually, he killed Yehoiakim, if I remember correctly, and he put Yehoiakim's son as the king in Yerushalayim. Now really, he didn't have much power at that point. He was ruling, controlled by Bavel, but Yehoiachin, Yehoiachin, it's confusing. The first one is Yehoiachin. He was conquered in the second year of Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar put Yehoiachin as the king over Yehuda, and he left them there. Okay. Now fast forward seven more years. Seven years later, which is now the eighth year of Nebuchadnezzar's rule, the eighth year, he exiles Yehoiachin, and it's considered the first wave of exile. He took all the Talmidei Chachamim with them. They took a large portion of the significant people of Yerushalayim and exiled them to Bavel. That's Galut Yehoiachin, it's called. First wave of exile from Eretz Yisrael to Bavel. Eleven years after that is what we call Chorvot Yerushalayim, the destruction of Yerushalayim, and that's the second wave of exile, which was called Galut Tzidkiyahu, because Tzidkiyahu was appointed the king after Yehoiachin. So Nebuchadnezzar took the second wave and the remaining Jews essentially to Bavel. So we have two waves of exile. The first occurred in the eighth year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, which is Galut Yehoiachin, and the second was 11 years after that in the uh, 19th year of the 19th year of Nebuchadnezzar's Malchut, which was the, it was like the total destruction of, of Yerushalayim, of Eretz Yisrael, for the Jews as they knew it. Two waves of exile. So now we could already start to understand when Yermiyahu Anavi says it's 70 years Lebavel, it's not so clear, was it, let me give you three options essentially. Was it 70 years from Nebuchadnezzar's power when he became king? Was it 70 years from the first wave of exile? Was it 70 years from Chorvot Yerushalayim, the second wave of exile? We can already see why this wouldn't be so simple to figure out. So what Achashverosh did was like this. He said Belshazzar made a calculation. He made a mistake. I'm not going to make the same 70-year mistake starting from the wrong time point. That's what Achashverosh understood. Well, that's what we're going to have to figure out. But Achashverosh knew what Belshazzar had done, and he knew that he, he thought he had made a mistake that he would do better. He also made a mistake, and that's why ultimately things didn't work out as he thought. So let's see this inside now. Says the Gemara, that's just the, I wish I had a spreadsheet here. It would actually make it a lot, a lot easier. But anyways, let's see. So the Gemara says like this, Why was Achashverosh comfortable in the third year of his reign to make the party with the kelim of the Beit HaMikdash? So this is like this, Mahi, what is this talking about? Dechliv. Pasuk in Yermia tells us, he predicts the redemption. He says, When there are 70 years of Bavel, I will redeem you. 
Now, of Bavel, or the fullness of Bavel, is a vague, a completeness of Bavel. It's a vague way of saying 70 years from something associated with Bavel, but it's not clear of what. Again, it could be the beginning of Nebuchadnezzar's rule, it could be the first wave of exile, or it could be the second wave of exile. Bechdiv, and we also have a pasuk in Daniel that says, Lemalot lechorvot Yerushalayim shivim shana. It says, it was the completion of the destruction of Yerushalayim 70 years. So, 70 years from Bavel, 70 years from Chorvot Yerushalayim. Two different predictions, one by Yermia, one by Daniel. So, Achashverosh said the following. Chashuv, Belshazzar made the following calculation. Again, Belshazzar was the last of the Babylonian kings. He made the following calculation. Arba'in chamesh de Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar ruled for 45 years. Okay, his reign was for 45 years. Ve'esrim v'tlat de'evil merodech. Evil merodech was the second of the Babylonian kings, the son of Nebuchadnezzar. He ruled for 23 years. V'tarti didei. And Belshazzar said, I've already ruled for two years. So 45 plus 23 is 68. Plus 2 is 70. So Belshazzar said in his, the beginning of his third year, he said, well, clearly the Jews have not been redeemed. It's 70 years since Nebuchadnezzar became king, and that's how he understood should be. He made a part, he used the kalim of the Beit HaMikdash. Hashivim, and that's 70 years. Apik ma'ani debe mikdashai, took out the vessels of the Beit HaMikdash, vishtamish behu, and he used them. And what ended up happening is that night he was killed by Daryavesh, the first of the melachim of Paras Madai Empire. How was Belshazzar calculating from the beginning of Malchut Bavel? Everybody hear that? The beginning of Nebuchadnezzar's career, which is Malchut Bavel. So this is all Achashverosh knew Belshazzar's calculation, and he assumed that was his mistake. So the Gemara wants to tell us, how do we know Nebuchadnezzar ruled for 45 years, Belshazzar, Evlimerodach was 23. So the Gemara says, Nebuchadnezzar, Minal, and Darabayin, Vechamesh, Nin, Malach. How do we know Nebuchadnezzar ruled for 45 years. Damar Mar, as the Brayta teaches us, it says like this, Galu b'sheva, Galu b'shmona. This is actually based on Psukim. The Brayta says, the exile was in the seventh year, the exile was in the eighth year. Galu b'shmona esre, Galu b'shasre. And also there was an exile in the 18th year, there was an exile in the 19th year. Now we're not talking about four different exiles, we're talking about two exiles. So seven and eight is one exile, 18 and 19 is one exile. There are two exiles. Why is it seven and eight and 18 and 19? Because if you calculate from the Malchut of Nebuchadnezzar, so then it's going to be the eighth year when the first wave of exile occurred. If you calculate from when he conquered Yerushalayim, he conquered Yehoiakim, so that was the second year of his Malchut, which is going to be the seven, the seventh. Seven and eight. The first wave of exile is called seven and eight because the first wave of exile occurred eight years after his malchut, which was seven years after he conquered Yehoiakim, the first king that we're talking about, of Yerushalayim because he conquered Yehoiakim in the second year of his career. Eighteen and nineteen refers to the second wave of exile, which was eleven years after. Again, if you calculate from the beginning of his career, it's the 19th year. If you calculate from when he conquered Yerushalayim, it's the 18th year. Okay, clearly that's, that's what we just mentioned. 
Then the Gemara explains, The first wave of exile, which we call Galut Yehoyachin, occurred seven years from when he conquered Yehoyachin, which was Galut Yehoyachin. That was the first wave of exile called Galut Yehoyachin, which was the eighth year of Malchut of Babel, the Malchut of Nebuchadnezzar. And the second wave of exile, which is called Galut Tzidkiyahu, was 11 years after, which is 18 years after Nebuchadnezzar conquered Galut Yoyachin, conquered Yehoyakim, he conquered Yerushalayim, which is Galut Tzidkiyahu, which was the 19th year of Nebuchadnezzar. The Amar Mar, as the Brayta explains, like I told you, Shanari Shona, the first year of Nebuchadnezzar's career, Kivesh Ninveh, he conquered the city of Nineveh. Nineveh was the capital of Ashur. So the first year of Babel, of Nebuchadnezzar's career, he conquered uh, Nineveh, which was conquering Ashur. Shnia, in his second year, Kivesh Yehoyakim, he conquered the king of Yerushalayim at the time, whose name was Yehoyakim. And Yermia tells us, Now what happened was after that, let me just speak this out. Eventually Yehoiakim was killed and Yehoiakim was put in his position. Seven years after he conquered Yerushalayim, which was the eighth year of his career, he exiled the first wave of exile, including the king Yehoiakim, to Babel. He threw Yehoiakim, the, the second king we mentioned, in jail. He was thrown into jail. And the Pasuk tells us, in Yermia, it says, 37 years after Yehoyachin was exiled and thrown in jail, Melech Yehuda, the king of Yehudah, in the 12th month, the 25th of the month, Nasa Evil Merodech Melech Bavel, Evil Merodech was the new king. Achashverosh Nebuchadnezzar had died, and Evil Merodech inherited the position. Avilmerodah, the king of Babel, Vishnat Malchuto, in the first year of his career, at Rosh Yehoyachin Melech Yehuda. He took Yehoyachin out of jail, Tomi Kela, he removed him from jail, Tamni, sorry, excuse me, fine, period. Now, what do we see from this Pasuk? We know that Yehoyachin was exiled eight years into Nebuchadnezzar's career. He was in jail for 37 years, which is the year that Nebuchadnezzar died. So, eight plus 37 is 45. So therefore, the Gemara says, as you see, Nebuchadnezzar ruled for 45 years. Tamni, so the eight years that was until the point that Nebuchadnezzar had this Yehoyachin thrown in jail, Vitzlatin Vesheva, and 37 more years that he was in jail till Nebuchadnezzar died and his son Avimorodech took Yehoyachin out of jail. So this gives us a sum total. Nebuchadnezzar ruled for 45 years. So, so far we got that clear. Now, the fact that Evimorodach, the son of Nebuchadnezzar, ruled for 23 years, that's Gemara, that's a tradition. Okay, we don't have a source in the Psukim for that, but that's a tradition. So, said Belshatzer, that's 68. 45 plus Nebuchadnezzar, 23 of Evimorodach, that's 68 years. Vitarti Dite, and Belshatzer finished off and said, two years of my career, this was his third year, Hashivin, this is 70 years. Amar, so he said, Ashtavade Tulo Mifriki, the Jews are no longer going to be redeemed. Apik Mani de he took out the vessels of the Beit Amikdash, and he used them. 
And then Hainu de Kaamar de Kaamar Le Daniel Le Daniel Daniel said to Belshazzar ve Almari Shemaye Tromamta ola Maani de Betei Taiv Kadamach you rebelled you raised yourself against the master of heaven against Hashem and he, you had the vessels of the Beit HaMikdash brought in front of you, he told Belshazzar, you did the wrong thing and now you're going to suffer the consequences because you calculated wrong. Meaning regardless to use the Kelim is wrong. But the reason he used them is because he thought 70 years was up and the Jews were not going to be redeemed and therefore he might as well do as he sees fit. And that's what the Pasuk says there in Daniel, Be'i that night that he had made this party, Katil Belshazzar Malka Kazdai, the Babylonian king Belshazzar was killed, and it says by Daryavish, and it says Vidaryavish Kabil Malchuta Kibarshnin Shitin Vitartin. When he was sixty-two years old, he became Daryavish the Mede became the king over the new Malchuta Paras Madai. So so far what we have is like this. Khashvirosh saw that Belshazzar's calculation had been seventy years from the beginning of the career of Bavel, of Nebuchadnezzar. And he said, I know he made a mistake, well, because he was killed by using the kelim of the Beit HaMikdash, and obviously the Jews have not yet been redeemed. So Chashvirosh said, I'm not going to make the same mistake that he made. Now, what should, what did Chashvirosh say we should rather calculate 70 years from? from, from, from so, so, the are calculated from the beginning of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. He figured it's from the first wave of exile, which was so how many eight, years later? Eight, years. eight more years. So let's add eight more years. So that should mean then that the Jews should be redeemed eight years later. So let's see. Amar Achashverosh said, He made a mistake. I'm not going to make the same mistake. Because it's unbelievable. He was darshaning the Psukim. He was learning the Psukim. Yeah. Doesn't say to the reign of Bavel in Yermia. What does it say? It says the power of Bavel, meaning the power of Bavel over the Jewish people. So that means when did they exile, the first wave of exile. So Achashverosh said, it means that it has to be 70 years after the first wave of exile. So how much would that be? How many years were missing? Tamni, eight more years. So let's add eight more years. So Chashiv, he calculated the following. He included instead eight more years. So there was the third year of Belshazzar. So that's one more year. Now, the rest are going to be the Paras, Paras Madai kings. V'chamesh de Daryavesh v'Korish. Now the first Daryavesh and Korish, those were the first two kings of Paras Madai. They ruled together a total of five years. So that's, or up to six. V'tarti Diday, and then you had Achashverosh, two more of his years. Mm-hmm. And that's why it says in the Megillah, Hashivin, that's 70. So Kivan de Chazi de Malu Shivin, once he saw that those 70 had been filled from the first wave of exile, which was the eighth year of Nebuchadnezzar, remember? Fellow Ifrik and the Jews were not redeemed. Amari said, The Jews are not going to be redeemed. He used the vessels of the Beit HaMikdash and he made the party. And that's why it says in the Megillah, his mind was comforted in the third year of his career. Because after two years of his reign, he calculated one year of Belshazzar, five years of Daryavesh and Koresh, two years of mine, that's a total of eight. Calculating 70 years in the first wave of exile, the Jews haven't been redeemed and therefore I can use the Kilim Beit HaMikdash. Now I would say, I don't know what was motivating him so much. Better to be safe than sorry. You saw the last guy who tried this. 
he didn't end well. So for Achashverosh also, right, that's what he wanted to do. I guess you see how beloved or how desirable the Jews, A, were they wanted the Jews to be in their, mam, their mamlacha, and also the kelim of the Beit HaMikdash really meant something to these people. It's very interesting what you see from this. But either way, what yes, happened? What's that? Yeah. It's unbelievable. You see, they, 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 they held of the Navi to a certain degree. They doing yeah. it yeah. to this case like... Unbelievable. <laughs> exactly. Give, give the shiurim. It's unbelievable. So what happened? He used the kelim of the Beit HaMikdash. And the Satan came and it danced between them. He started to create all kinds of fun. Vashti was killed. Meaning, meaning the Satan got involved and created problems there for him. Fine. So the Gemara says, I understand. He made a good calculation. Meaning, if Libavel means from the first wave of exile, he made the right calculation. And we weren't redeemed that year, the third year of his career. So why weren't we redeemed in that third year? Oh, so everybody's already thinking this. Really, when should you calculate 70 years from? Meaning he was wrong also. When should we really calculate from 70 first, years? Uh, from the last, the second wave of exile. How many years later was the second wave of exile? 11, which was the 19th year of his career. So that was his mistake. But this too is going to be a little bit difficult. So let's see. Sorry, made a good calculation. He also made a mistake. Because in Daniel, the Pasuk says, it's 70 years from the destruction of Yerushalayim, meaning from the second wave of exile. So the Gemara says, okay, let's calculate that. So, so, in the end of the day, how many years should be missing? Eleven. Because there was eleven years between the first wave and the second wave of exile. So let's add eleven years. The problem is, we were not redeemed eleven years after this episode. And I'll tell you how we know that. Because how many years did Achashverosh rule? Our Besar. Achashverosh ruled for 14 years. The problem is, is from the third year to the 14th year of his reign, that's 11 years. So we should have been redeemed in the last year of Achashverosh's career. But we weren't. We were only redeemed in the second year of his son's career. That's when the Jews went back, Ezra, we went back and rebuilt the second Beit HaMikdash. So there's two extra years that shouldn't have been there. That's already the 72nd year. So why were we only redeemed two years after the 70-year count ended from the second wave of exile? That's the question the Gemara is asking. They should have built the Beit HaMikdash in the end of Achashverosh's career. We know in Ezra it says, that the temple was still destroyed in Yerushalayim only until the second year when, when of Daryavesh, who was the son of Achashverosh, gave them permission. So there's two extra years that are not accounted for in terms of the prophecy of Daniel. Even if you want to calculate from the second wave of exile, 70 years after should be the end of Achashverosh's career, not the second year of his son's career. This creates a problem. So the Gemara answers, as it always does, with a, with a great chap. It says like this, Really what happened is like this. We were calculating that these were full years. Nebuchadnezzar ruled for 45 years, Avil Merodach 23, for example. But actually, some of these kings' years overlapped. Which means, I'll just give you what the Gemara is going to say. We assumed that Nebuchadnezzar and Avil Merodach ruled for 45 years and then 23 years. But the, the year that... Nebuchadnezzar's career ended and Avil Merodach took over, overlapped, and that was actually one year. And similarly, let me just finish the, 
Similarly, Daryavesh and Koresh, the first two kings of Paras Madai, it wasn't five years. One year overlapped, so it was four years, which means there's two years unaccounted for. The second year of Daryavesh Hasheni was actually the end of the 70 years from the second wave of exile. That's the Gemara's answer. It's unbelievable. Let's read that inside. These years were chopped off years. They were partial years. So therefore, two years were unaccounted for, and that's how you get the 70 count from the second wave of exile. Turn to Yudbetamud Aleph, Tanya Nami Hachi. The Bright Dust supports this. It says, V'od shana achat, your says changed a little bit here. V'od shana achat, there was one more year of Bavel, so Rashi explains what happened was like this. Really, based on Daryavesh's count, uh, sorry, Belshazzar's count, there already would have been 70 years from the beginning of, of Nebuchadnezzar's career. But as the Psukim tell us, actually, 70 years from the beginning of Nebuchadnezzar's career would not have only been completed until Daryavesh took power. When Daryavesh took power, so then with let me make sure I get this clear he thought it was 70 years sorry one second That's what they add in, right? So what's what he's saying? Based on, I think this is the Pshat, based on the calculation of Belshazzar, if we assume Nebuchadnezzar ruled for 45 years, Avil Marodach ruled for 23 years, and then Belshazzar ruled for three years, based on that calculation, so then the third year, it would be 71, exactly. 71. And from the time that from the time that Nebuchadnezzar ruled over the Jews, it would have been 70. Would have been 70 already. Because it was the second year that Nebuchadnezzar conquered Yehoiakim of his career. But the Navi tells us it was only including the first year of Daryavesh that it was actually 70 years that the Goyim were ruling over us. So what the Gemara is saying is, why was it including that year? It's already 70 if you count 45 plus 23 plus the three years. So the Gemara says it must be that there was an overlap of a year between Nebuchadnezzar and Avil Merodech, which is unaccounted for, which is why it was only including the one year of Daryavesh that would make it a total of 70 Sorry. years that the Goyim had Shlita over us. That, that's how the Gemara says. That's a riot. Amar Rav, Rav says, not only did the Goyim make a mistake in this calculation, Af Daniel it's unbelievable. Even the Navi Daniel made a mistake in this calculation. Daniel. Because in Daniel, the Pasuk tells us, in the first year of the career of Daryavesh Hamadamid. Now what happened was like this. Daniel himself was a little bit nervous because he said, look, it's been 70 years, as he calculated, from the beginning of Bavel, and we haven't been redeemed. And he said like this, I started to contemplate, to analyze the Sfarim, the calculations, the Sipurim, uh, the, the counts. 
the sipur, the, the count, the, yeah, I guess the count. I started to analyze the count, and I got nervous. So then uh, actually the, the story goes over there that the malach came and told him, no, no, it's not 70 years from Achut Bavel, it's 70 years from the second wave of exile. And that's when Daniel said, Lechorvot Yerushalayim. That's, that's the idea there. So, binoti, but the fact that he said, I started to contemplate, I started to think about it, that he also was confused, meaning he also made somewhat of a mistake. So, the Gemara is saying is that the non-Jewish kings were not so, so stupid, meaning even the Nevi'im were a bit nervous or confused about this count, so he was told, no, it's L'charvot Yerushalayim. So, Hashverosh wasn't necessarily so far off. All right, we'll stop here. The Gemara tomorrow, we'll stop at the top of your bet and Aleph. The Gemara is going to say, but Tachlis, how do we understand? It's a stira in the Nevi'im. Because Yermia said it's 70 years from uh, Libavel, and Daniel saying it's Charvot Yerushalayim. So ultimately, how do we understand that they're both true? Meaning it's true, Charvot Yerushalayim is what we're saying, the Maskana. But what about Yermia? He said something too. Oh, but he said Libavel. Libavel sounds like either the beginning of the Bavel's career or something. So that's what we're going to have to figure out tomorrow. God willing, when did we Before the Korban. Before. Yeah, yeah, the Korban. Oh, yeah.